Yes. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where later tonight we're going to be talking about the Demonic Dean's film pick of the week from 2019, Bullets of Justice, directed by Valerie Milev. Yeah, we're going to be talking about it. That's all I can say for right now. Uh, so, Dean <laughs> is returning tonight. At some point, he'll be in, I'm sure, because he's always fashionably late. But yeah, we have a uh, a hefty, hefty pick. Because wow, okay, we're going to talk about it later on the show. But as always, I'm joined by the bold, the beautiful, the gold geek Keith, Benedict asshole. It's Robert Benedict asshole. asshole. Robert asshole. You know what? Here we are tonight, okay? And we are going to toe the loin, okay? We're going to pork the hell out of tonight. And we are going to fucking make some bacon here, folks, because here tonight is Talking Terror Presents Bullets of Justice. Fucking A, okay? <laughs> oink, oink, motherfucker, whatever the tagline was. Yeah, yeah we, we, are, we are here, okay, for, for Benedict Asshole. Benedict Asshole. And fucking Benedict yeah. Asshole. We're, we're here Benedict for, for asshole. Benedict Asshole, Robert Asshole. And and a hefty amount of incest. Stay tuned Benedict, for that, folks. Benedict asshole. <laughs> Benedict asshole. Why do you have a mustache? I don't know. <laughs> so Benedict we are funny and talking asshole. about that later on. It's already started. We're not even into the episode five minutes yet. It's already started. <laughs> this is going to be a weird one, folks. Strap in, get used to it because it's going to be one of those. Uh, but also, we are joined, of course, by the psychotic simian, the mad monkey, the prince from Morris Day. Yes, let's be baking with it, monkey. <laughs> Here we are, folks, the dream we all dream of, boys versus pig in the world series of smut. What are we talking about, boys and girls? You're going to have to listen to the second half of the episode to find out. But you know what time it is, friends out there. It's talking terror time, baby. Here's the number one horror podcast in all of the land. Your go-to source for horror news and movie reviews done the talking terror way. <laughs> But if you can't listen live, don't worry, baby, because you can always catch us on the flip side on Blog Talk, Spotify, and iTunes. Just remember to give your number one horror podcast, Talking Terror, a like and subscribe on both Facebook and Instagram, baby. What's up, my family? Hmm. What's up, monkey? <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> and yes, we're also joined by the very astute, very educated, very opinionated, the man who knows all about that bacon. The demonic dean. Is it true? <clears throat> and tonight, Justice. Oh, he sounds like he's choking off his hog. <laughs> justice will be served. Justice. With a side, will be with a side of bacon. With a side <laughs> of bacon and a side of ass. Uh, and a oh, side of oh. big asshole. And 
Benedict, asshole. Um, <laughs> we are here to talk about many things. We're here to talk about many things, including my pick, uh, Bullets of Justice, here on this week's edition of the Talking Terror <laughs> program. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we are here for it, and we're here to talk about it. There's going to be a lot of that later on in the show, and we're going to find out what the future looks like. Yes, we are. Um, a lot of unanswered mm-hmm. questions. Like, why do some women have mustaches while others don't? That's the question. Way to raise you know? the bar. <laughs> Way to raise the bar, talking terror. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dean pick, so we know how far the bar is raised. You know? Then I just kept thinking about deliverance. Why don't you squeal like a pig for me? <laughs> oh, poor fucking Ned Baby in those fucking woods. He was never the same. Oh, oh he liked it. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. At some point, he was like, you know what? I don't mind it after all. Like, it was tough at first. But after a while, I was like, you know what? Kind of like the flight style. Didn't have to come back to these woods. Had a little fun. <laughs> That's why we never got deliverance, too, because he enjoyed it too much. Deliverance two, back to the woods. Guys, where are you? Oink, oink. Squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. Uh, we don't want it anymore. If you, don't, if you want it, we don't want to have you. You want it too much, boy. Oh, damn it. Got to go find the other ones. Where's the aspen in your grave woods? They're having a great time over there. <laughs> so, with that being said, of course, uh, do any of you guys have anything you want to bring up before we turn to the Dean for our news? Yes. Benedict Asshole. Okay. Benedict <laughs> Not Benedict Asshole. I, I did want to bring up that um, within the past week, I got a chance to check out Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Got to watch the entire series. Um, nice. And cool. it, was a lot of, it, it, it was a lot of fun, man. It, it was a really good uh, anthology series. You know, all, all the episodes are about an hour long. It's, I think there's only seven episodes in the series. But I, I was really impressed with how Guillermo de Toro is producing it. He's presenting it. But before each episode, um, he has no problem, you know, giving you a quick synopsis, tell, telling you the name of the episode, and then always, always putting the name of the director out there. I thought that was very, very cool of him. He didn't have to do that. He could have just easily have been like, this is my show. I'm presenting it. It doesn't matter who's doing what or whatever. But the fact that he took the time to put that credit out there, and I, I was really impressed with all the episodes, you know, pretty high budgets, you know, story ranging. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, because anthology series, so it's different. But yeah, and you know, episode six was my personal favorite. Um, but yeah, de- definitely worth checking out. In the monkey's opinion, I-, I had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I the, uh, uh, the dean was watching it too. Real yeah. quick. Uh, yeah. So, uh, given the the time of year it is right now, with everything that I have going on at work and all of my responsibilities. Um, I had to shut down uh, the volume of viewing that I was trying to do for that brief spell. Uh, but with next week off, I'm looking to revisit it. I still have only watched the first two episodes, which, uh, you know, I was pretty, pretty much digging very much, as I have stated here on the show. And what I have heard is that even though this is an anthology, it's not a recurring story, that uh, as the series goes on, like the episodes continue to, to get stronger. Uh, so that's just one thing I heard, but 
uh, based on my enjoyment of the first two, I am certainly looking forward to getting the opportunity to revisit the series. Cool. That's King, awesome. Did you get a chance to check it out? Not yet, but like the Dean, I'm off all next week. So I plan on doing a lot of viewing next ah. week. Uh, especially <laughs> that. i got to catch up on uh, Chucky. I'm like two episodes behind on season two of Chucky, so i got to catch up on that. So uh, the Del Toro show i got to catch up on. Uh, Luca Guadagnino has a new movie coming out called Bones and All. So I plan to hit the movie theater next week and hopefully seeing that. Because I got to work on my end of year list, you know, which I've already compiled a couple titles, so it's already halfway there. Um, but uh, Monkey, you know, speaking of things that we've watched, because I forgot to mention it uh, the past episode that we did catch up oh, on man. Werewolf by Night. Whoa, we watched it on Halloween night. Yes, we um, did. <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about you, Monkey, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was a great callback to the old monster movies, you know, especially using the black and white and. Having fucking Man-Thing show up as Ted was epic. You know, I thought it was great overall. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed their use of black and white in this thing. It, um, Yeah, it, it had a really, really nice old-school Universal Monsters vibe to it. It just really lent itself to the atmosphere and just a lot of fun and just a well-done one-shot by Marvel and mad props for just the opening special presentation at the very beginning of it. Oh, yeah. Like, I, th- that, that got me right there. <laughs> and also presenting the werewolf the way that they presented it. You know, I, like that old school kind of Lon Chaney uh, wolfman type look. Really appreciated that they went that way with it. Did practical. Instead of doing a CGI cool. werewolf. Yeah, but, I agree. Uh, cool. it, it and, was, uh, yeah, it, you saw it. What's oh, it? yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. That's I, I watched it back when it first came out, um, but yeah, you know, my thoughts, me and the Dean had spoken about it at the time. I mean, I, I know I came away, you know, fairly impressed with what they what they pulled off and what they introduced and uh, what it, it possibly brings to the table as far as the uh, the MCU goes, as far as uh, introducing a, uh, a a darker, you know, side to it, which uh, I'm, I'm hoping for. It's, it's what I want to see. It's what I want to see with the Blade movie. It's what I want to see, you know, with this. It's, you know, a place where I can see Moon Knight going eventually. You know, you can, you can take a lot of characters that may not fit into the, into the, the, the super uber heroics, the Thors and characters like that. Like, these guys can be, be fighting darker enemies that are out there along with, like, Doctor Strange and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a great 53-minute uh, one-shot. Um, and I, I did – I mean, it's okay to do a little bit of spoilers because it's been out for a while, but I like that fade in the color at the end. It's just, it was a kind of like a weird <laughs> Wizard of Oz type thing, but in reverse, where it's like you get the black and white first, and then you get the color at the end, and then having you know, him with uh, Ted at the end making coffee and just hanging out together. <laughs> it, just, it was like the perfect way to end. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was just wonderful. Um, so – I know, I think they said that Blade was supposed to show up in, in Werewolf by Night, but then they decided to cut it, and uh, they're just going to move on with the projects they're working on. But I'm really looking forward to that. Um, you know, we'll well, a little bit of that. Werewolves yeah, can kill vampires. I learned that today, that werewolves can kill vampires. So, um, you know, oh, maybe it's better good, that, yeah. Blade, that Blade stayed away. <laughs> um, maybe. And where did that whole thing come from, too? I was wondering about that earlier today, about uh, vampires. Like, the, the crosses and holy water, 
like vampires have been war for like thousands of years, and it's kind of funny that they have the Catholic aspect of the crosses and the holy water. And I don't think that would have any effect on a vampire. Like, <laughs> you've been around, you know, possibly before even Jesus. So it's kind of funny to think about that. That's how they use uh, the iconic uh, things to stop a vampire. Holy water, crucifix. I think it wouldn't work. Judas was the original vampire. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> We're not going there. I mean, he did mine. <laughs> I, I mean, obviously, that all depends on, on where you're coming off of as far as, like, your, your vampiric origins go. You know what I mean? I mean, if you're talking about exactly. this, like some kind of, like, natural evolution of a creature, then... Then I mean mm-hmm. that that's its own thing that that's not related to to any kind of religion, but I mean for the most part you know most most popularized vampire stories all kind of stem off of you know holy type of wars or, or battles that you know yeah, basically right. turn into a a pact against God you know in order to mm-hmm. to substantiate whatever it is that he wants to do. So, you know, the, the idea that it's, it's, you know, just like holy water, I mean, those are just symbols of Christianity, but, you know, at the same time, too, exactly. the same God for, for, for Christianity is the same God for Judaism. You know, the only difference is they don't believe, you know, that Jesus is the son of God. So, you know, so even if he was, mm-hmm. you know, around during that time and was birthed, you know, with that God being the God in question, the same things that are all stemming off of, all the things that support that God would still be against that. Yeah, it's interesting to me to see that. That's kind of what they stuck with, with vampire war. Yeah, we've been in modern times, uh, the cross and the holy water. Um, and then, I don't know if you Scared guys white people. Into, like the Yeah, well, <laughs> and then like the history of, of, of vampires and how, you know, they're discovering these bodies, uh, skeletons underneath the ground that have uh, stone bricks put into the mountains uh, after they've been buried because they were afraid they were a vampire. Like it's just, it, it's kind of cool to see that type of stuff. Like people in actual real time think of vampires existing, and how do you get rid of them? You know, we have to put them under the ground, put roses in their mouth, put bricks in their mouths. Like it's kind of like a rabbit hole. Like if you're ever looking for something to research, just actual vampiric war, not just cinematic war. But the fact that people actually did believe that vampires were a thing, you know, needed to be destroyed. Um, you know, there was a, a case of a girl that uh, died from a mysterious disease, and they put her in the crypt, and they checked on her a month later, and she was still completely fine. Her skin was perfect and everything like that. And they're like, vampire, we got to cut out her heart, and we have to destroy it. And I was like, wow. This is, like, real stuff that, you know, it's like a horror movie, but it's actual real history. Um, I'll have to see if I can find the name of that girl, um, you know, later and send it to you guys. It's a weird story. The crypt still exists, but it's been boarded up, so you can't get in there to, to see the body or anything like that, but... Yeah, like vampires always fascinated me. So I'm happy they're still around and looking forward to, you know, more of that. But again, like we've always said about resurgences of things, zombies, werewolves, vampires, you know, interview with the vampire in AMC, I guess, did really well, like Zim was saying. So it's going to get a second season. But I just kind of like my vampires like Jerry Dandridge. (laughs) Is it any good? Uh, I mean, listen, we, uh, you know, I have the, I forget what it was, but like I got a year of AMC Plus free of charge right. from like one of the other services that I have. Uh, and that was, you know, pretty much the first thing we went to. Uh, we've been watching it. Mm-hmm. I think we're, we're on like episode six or seven. I think there's eight or nine episodes. I think we only have like two episodes left. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it is telling, you know, the story, but updating 
you know, things as far as, as, as you know, giving inclusion for other races, uh, as far as some of the, uh, the homoerotic elements that, like, if you watch the Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt interview movie, you know, things that mm-hmm. were intimated at in that, but those two actors not being willing to say, hey, we're going to get on fucking screen and make out with each other and do all kinds of, all kinds of things. Uh, these guys are going full bore with all of that, and it is really taking mm. that whole thing to like another level. And it's uh, it's 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 interesting. It is. It's uh, it's a, a, a cle- I feel it to be a very clever take on the entirety of the story, mm. and it's been holding my interest the entire time. So we've been like you know taking our time and digesting the episodes, and you know the the settings. Uh, the sets, everything look good. Could it be better? Yes. You know, they're not very elaborate. They're, they're very basic mm. on that regard. I think what they've spent a lot of money on as far as the show goes, you know, are some of the visual effects and hopefully the, the actors because I am enjoying their performances. All right. Yeah, I'm, oh, cool. I'm in on the fence about checking it out. So. I might have to do that on my week off next week. You know, try to check out the interview with vampires. I know the episodes are available. Um, and, you know, the, the dean, I know he'll be back in a second, but he had posted on our group chat about uh, the uh, Republican candidate down in Georgia, okay, Herschel back. Walker, who said a lot of controversial things. But the, what the dean sent was just fucking brilliant. The fact that he's going on this rant about vampires. And now he was up at 1 o'clock in the morning. And that's when stupid movies are on. So he's like, you know, it's going to be stupid. And he's like, vampires are kind of cool. I don't know. Maybe they are. I don't know. Anyway, I was watching this movie, Fright Night, Freak Night, whatever, vampires. Anyway, and then he goes into this fucking tirade about the movie. And it was like he was kind of talking about Fright Night, but he was talking about a different movie. Where he's like, oh, there's a vampire, and they're keeping it in the attic. And they go up there with a priest, and they're splashing holy water around. And, and then the guy looks down, and he's like, oh, man, holy water. And he puts his hands up to his face, and then he pulls him away, and he's like, ha, ha. Does it work on me? I was like, dude, I want you to fucking tell me every movie you've ever seen. Like, I want to listen to every fucking detail of every movie you've ever seen, because that was the greatest description ever of Night. I'm like, it's kind of Fright Night, but it's kind of like a different movie. It's like, oh, man. So anyway, there was a movie about a psychopath in Illinois, and he wore white masks, because you know about white people. They're always putting on their white masks. And anyway, he kills like a bunch of babysitters, but then he's in like a, a house somewhere, and then his doctor comes up and shoots him, and I'm like, damn. That's like a good message to people. Like, you know, if you're crazy, you get shot. Is he talking about Halloween? I don't know. Like, I feel like he is, but... <laughs> yeah, I, 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 watched, like, the por- I watched a portion of it. I also tried to find, like, more... I don't know, like, it, it's weird. Like, you watch the video, and it feels like you're watching one of those, like, NFL, like, bad lip-reading freaking videos. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, it seems like it's dubbed, you know? So, like, I was trying to find a more, like, natural-sounding, like, uh, quality to the video. But, I mean, apparently, I guess this, this is however it came out. Um, I, I couldn't watch the whole thing, only because it was just more more irritating than anything else. And, again, that had most to do with the whole sound thing. It just sounds like the guy was, like, trying to tell a story and kind of just relate as, like, a human being. I, I don't see it really being any kind of, like... 
I don't know. I just hate how so much shit these days just gets raked over the political coals. Every little fucking thing that, that a, if a politician only talks politics, right, that becomes a problem because all they're ever talking about are politics. But if a politics try to, tries to relate as a human being by talking about something else, then it's, well, why the fuck isn't he talking about politics? These people can't win. The people that don't like them don't fucking like them. The people that do like them do like them. And, I mean, that, that's just it, you know, plain and simple. And I'm just, it's just, I don't know, it's just shitty and annoying to keep watching various news sources give their fucking opinions on these people when all I really want them to do is just fucking show me whatever it is and let me make my own fucking decision. The way it should be. I just want a, a YouTube channel of Herschel Walker just breaking down movies. Just because you know it's going to be like five minutes of fucking nonsense. I like He's like, oh, man, show this guy. Night. I, I don't just, remember I, I just werewolves in Fright Night. Were there werewolves in Fright Night? Like I, I couldn't even remember. No, there were werewolves in Fright Night. And and, and let's there remember too, wolf. like he wasn't like. Look, that guy just—if you watch him speak, like all he does is talk fucking gibberish about everything. Anyway, like he said the words like Fright Night or whatever. Like it doesn't mean that he was Fright actually Night. talking about the actual movie Fright Night. So let's let's keep that in in mind. What do you think he was talking? He what do you think he was talking about? The fucking the vampire problem in Georgia. I have no fucking clue, man. Maybe the vampire problem in fucking Santa, Santa, Santa Clara, Santa Clarita, wherever. Well, we know that like, there's a problem in Santa Clara, but that's because those fucking idiots yeah. are busy selling bad comic books. <laughs> yeah. But still, like, I, I just happened I to just... see that. I caught that at the right moment today and was just like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. <laughs> I just, yeah, I would love to just watch him just break down movies. Like, man, there was this movie I saw, you know? Because it's like about zombies, and you know how like zombies are kind of like the people in America, right? Because they're all just wandering around. But anyway, there was like a mall, right? And then like a priest showed up, and he was like, damn this mall. And I'm like, yeah, man, damn this mall. It's 1 o'clock in the morning. Anyway, like they just kind of hang out for a little bit, and then the zombies kind of come. And like, man, like, we need to talk about and they went to Spencer people. Gifts. What? Have you ever been to Spencer Gifts? I like Spencer Gifts. They got all kinds of fun <laughs> yeah. T-shirts and stuff like that in the front. But if you go to the back, they got dildos and stuff. And those can be fun <laughs> <laughs> and man, have you ever been to a mall food court? It's crazy, y'all. I mean, it is crazy. Let me talk about Taco Bell for a second. Crunch Wrap Supreme. You gotta try it, people. Like, Charlie, <laughs> I just, I, I, you know, just he's such an idiot, but I love him. That's because that description. But anyway, with that being said, Dean, you have the floor now. It's horror news time. What are we talking about? I'm gonna tell you some things that we're talking about, King, and I'm, I'm glad you asked, but. Uh, one of the oh. things that I want to talk about is Benedict uh, asshole. <clears throat> famous uh, Benedict asshole. Uh, famous uh, movie director, uh, writer, Nick podcaster Fury? Quentin Tarantino uh, has yeah. been making the rounds to promote uh, his current uh, cinema book, uh, Cinema Speculation. And mm-hmm. he, what he had to say is that aside from the 80s and the 50s, He says that the current era of cinema is the worst era of movies ever. Uh, He Hmm. said that the current era of cinema basically is made (laughs) up of one superhero movie after the next that any hired hand uh, could direct. And he says that, you know, things such as Hmm. Top Gun Maverick, as well as the West Side Story remake, uh, give him some hope 
that, that they were the type of cinema spectacle uh, that you don't see anymore. Uh, and in the horror realm, he bad. also said that he very much enjoyed uh, Dr. Sleep as well as Crawl. Uh, so just a little touch on our genre as well in uh, so, Quentin Tarantino's... Uh, what fucking interviews year is he today. talking about? Because didn't those movies come out in like 2019? If well, I remember yeah, correctly, like, both Doctor Sleep current, and, and uh, that would still be considered like the current. When all is said and done, like uh, okay, that would still but, be considered you know, like the current era of cinema. Three, three years in a fucking pandemic since, um, you know. So, so there <laughs> a ton of movies. I don't know, man. Like, listen, I you know I love Tarantino. I do, I, I, and I love listening mm-hmm. to Tarantino talk about movies. But, you know, there, there are things that are kind of fucking annoying, and that's these, these artsy fucking types of directors who want to, like, bitch and moan about, like, the current fucking, like, superhero trend. So sorry that we're not back in, like, the mid-90s when Tarantino was at the height of his fucking career and everybody was talking mm-hmm. about Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, and all of his fucking movies. It's just not the thing. His movies come out. We go and see them. Why? Because they're great fucking movies. Tarantino, keep making your fucking movies, man. Like... I can also still go and go enjoy a brainless-style fucking superhero film like a Black Adam or a fucking, you know, uh, I want to say Wakanda Forever, but, like, that tried to put some, like, thought into shit, especially in regards to the Chadwick Boseman, you know, uh, situation with, with, with losing mm-hmm. him uh, and the importance of that character. But, like, I don't know. It's just so fucking annoying when these, these arty types are just like, oh, well, those movies are terrible, and that's the downfall. Well, fuck, are you kidding me? I mean, I'm sorry, but Top Gun Maverick was just as fucking stupid as just about every other fucking superhero movie out there right now. And I loved every stinking fucking <laughs> minute of that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, he's just very opinionated when it comes to movies. And I, yeah, just like you, Ghoul. You know, I like some of the things they have to say, but sometimes I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, what's that story, the Steven Spielberg remake? That was just a Gut Fan Fan Psycho redo, where it was like a beat-for-beat remake of the original. Didn't really offer anything new, where I'm like, oh, man. (laughs) Nope. And whereas it was just some a, of the performances uh, were okay, I mean, they weren't fucking mm-hmm. great. Like, I would still take the original over it any day because, you know, Easily. like, yeah, some of the, the bigger dance numbers were funner, like, a little more fun to watch. But even back then, mm-hmm. watching stuff, like, you know, like, the, 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 the gymnasium scene in the original was fucking fantastic. You know, the, the yeah. I don't know. I, like you said, it was like a Gus Van Zandt remake of it. And, yeah, I could have taken them, like, maybe turning things up a little bit, maybe, like, giving us uh, an updated version of the story, not that same story in that same time frame, just using today's technology. Because it didn't really do anything yeah. to make New York bigger. You know, like, maybe if it made mm. it the scale larger or something, like, it would have been interesting, but, like, it didn't. Yeah, and just it, that's all it was. It was just a beef or beat remake, and you know it was sleeker, it was cleaner, it you know looked nice. But at the same time, I'd rather watch the original all over again. Like that, you can't you can't beat that. Just like with Psycho, you know you can't beat the original Psycho. You can't redo it and say, well, we're giving you something new. It's like you're not. You're just doing the same thing. Offer me something different. <laughs> yeah. Offer me something you know that I actually want to see, like Bates Motel, that the ghoul turned me on to a couple of years ago when I was like, I don't want to watch that. I don't want to watch a psycho thing. And he's like, no, it's really good. I'm like, you know what it actually is? Like, they actually did a good job, you know, creating a new universe for Norman Bates. But, so, yeah, I mean, uh, 
Tarantino has a podcast called The Video Palace, which I've been listening to a lot of. Him and Roger Avery sitting there and talking about movies. And they did an American Giallo uh, two-part episode with Ava Roth, where they talked about a bunch of uh, American Giallos, including Happy Birthday to Me and um, Alice, Sweet Alice, which I was okay. They're talking about movies that I fucking love, so let's hear what they have to say. And they were all positive. Wow, Alice, Sweet Alice, jeez. We covered it on the show, <laughs> yeah. And they were... They were they were positive, but they also talked about the eyes of Laura Mars and uh, Dress to Kill, which are also two movies that I fucking love. I feel compelled because <laughs> yeah. you know I'm not so often very much up on uh, podcast business, but I did just want to jump in and make a correction because uh, I did hear a buzzword that I am familiar with. You had mentioned his uh, podcast, and you said uh, Video Palace, uh, Video Palace. I believe was a shutter property about a mysterious VHS tape. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's mm, yes, yeah. uh, podcast is the Video Archives podcast uh, with, with Roger Avery. I'm, I'm uh, Video podcast like fiction, a fiction story. It's not often that yes, I know those yes, things I, about like fiction podcasts, but that one I know, so I, I had to call it out. I do too. So I'm glad that you corrected me because I, I just I had the video in my my mind. That's why I said uh, Video Palace. But you're right, that's a fictional podcast. The other one is Video Archives. Uh, but, you know, I'm willing to admit I'm wrong. But anyway, uh, moving on, Dean, what else are we talking about? So, Keanu Reeves starred uh, in, in, in Constantine. And, Great movie. And uh, while uh, the director, Francis Lawrence, has said that when they made the original Constantine, uh, they followed all of the guidelines uh, for making a PG-13 film – and were quite surprised when uh, it was returned with an R rating. Uh, Constantine II, uh, with Keanu Reeves and Francis Lawrence returning, is a go. And he says this time, uh, since they made a PG-13 movie that ended up with an R rating, he says this time that no holds are barred and they will be gunning for a hard R rating uh, for Constantine II. Yeah. Nice. yeah, bring it on, man. I'm ready for that. Because I, I don't know about you guys, but I actually like Constantine. I don't know if you guys actually saw it, but I saw it in the theater, and I was like, this is a great fucking movie. But a lot of people were like, no, it's dumb. I don't like it. And I, was, I don't know. It, just, it did what it did. I mean, I know Shia LaBeouf was in it, but just see past it. <laughs> just see past Shia, and you have a good movie. Of course, Ghoul and I saw it. It's a comic book movie. Uh, you know, no, you know what, man? I have, don't, don't speak for me there. I have not seen that movie. Uh, it's one of those Yeah, I know. It's one of those that I was never a, uh, never a big wow, DC okay. fan. And, mm-hmm. you know, like during that time frame, I also wasn't really like, you know, it seemed like we had that plethora of – Everything was coming out. The Fantastic Four movies, the fucking, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Like, it just got, it was, it was at a point in which it was kind of, like, annoying, you know? And, like, I know it's funny to say that, considering how many, like, fucking comic book movies come out now. Except the quality level is so much different now than it was then, oh, you know? Like, I don't know. Like, it just, it seemed like we had more bad ones than, than good ones. And I was starting to get, like, a bad taste in my mouth for them. I was Tarantino. had a lot of that. But uh, I've been saving Constantine actually to as a, as an episode for the show. I figured eventually we would uh, we would cover it on here. You no, know, and I look forward to hearing your opinion about it. It was definitely had a weird time 
uh, wouldn't like to go with bed. There's Fantastic Four movies coming out. You have the Raimi Spider-Man movies that were in the box office. And then this little DC comic book, Constantine, Hellblazer, you know, was made with Keanu Reeves in the character. And he doesn't even look like the character. The character is blonde. No. He wears a tan uh-huh. trench coat. He wears a red tie. But then you get Keanu Reeves. And I'm like, it's fucking Keanu Reeves. Of course I'm going to like it. I don't care if he doesn't like John Constantine. I just want to see a good fucking movie. And it was actually really entertaining. I'm sorry that it didn't really hit the way that it should have, but with the sequel being R-rated, fucking bring it. I just hope people go to see it, <laughs> you know, because I love that character. You know, short-lived on TV and, you know, just need more Constantine because that's an interesting character with better than Supernatural, I would say. Controversial opinion, I'm sure, because there's a lot of Supernatural fans out there, but... I always wanted to see Constantine oh, being yeah. represented. Now, you, now, you, now you've gone and upset our two female fans. What, what's wrong with you, King? <laughs> because Supernatural started out great, and then it just fell on its face. And that's what I've always said. Like, I liked Supernatural when they had their ending. And I was like, this is great. We're getting an ending. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, we're going to be back for another 10 seasons. I'm like, what, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you ended it perfectly. There's no more reason to go back. But they did. And then we have the Winchester prequel series that's canceled. So people are just done with Supernatural. So, oh, that, know, that, that got they, canceled? Yep, done. Yeah. They just want to oh, get the ratings wow. and CW just canned it. Like, we got to move on. Oh, so, yeah. It's just people are done with it. It's just, that's why I'm kind of interested to see how these Walking Dead uh, spinoffs do. Because I know the, the last ah. episode of the series, I think, premieres on Sunday. But then you got a bunch of spinoffs, so I'm wondering to see how well it they does. do. Uh, so uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not jump positive in there. on this, but I was going to say, didn't a bunch of shit get canceled? Like, didn't they just call no. and quit on a whole bunch of those spinoffs? Here, 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 oh, shit, here you go. Just, I'm, I, I'll stop talking okay. about it. I am shutting you because I am asshole. proud to say right here, excuse <laughs> me, Benedict Gaspel, but I am proud to say that I am the representative from Talking Terror that is 100% up to date with The Walking Dead at this point in time. I have not been able to throw in the towel. I have, been, I've had, <laughs> I have felt a strong compulsion uh, to just see the journey through to the end. And mm-hmm. from my knowledge, any of the spinoffs that were related to the main series, which I 100% agree uh, with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who, one, is joining the cast of The Voice for season four, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. plays Negan on The Walking Dead, uh, did speak out with his displeasure at uh, the fact that the powers that be had announced all of these different spinoffs involving a whole host of main characters from the show, yeah. which takes away some of the tension when these characters are in, in, in grave situations. But uh, from what I understand, with the exception of the Daryl slash Carol spinoff becoming just the Daryl spinoff, uh, the three mm-hmm. main spinoffs that are coming out of the main show are currently all systems go. There's three? I thought there was only two. I thought it was Negan there and Maggie three. in New York. There is the then... Negan and okay. Maggie in New York. Daryl yeah. is off to Paris, and then right. uh, even though we have not seen him, uh, there is a Rick and Michonne uh, spinoff as well. Uh, this also wow. coming okay. on the heels. I thought that those the, were supposed to be. The, 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 the Rick Grimes, from what I understand, the Rick Grimes 
theatrical movies are no longer going to happen. Uh, COVID Whoa, kind of okay. put the, put the kibosh new. on all of that. Uh, Rick has not made uh, a return to the show, uh, although but, his pistol, his pistol has. Um, fucking okay. spoiling shit. Oh. And, but that's, that's, that's not really a fucking big spoiler, man. Um, and yeah, not for nothing. Like <laughs> you have, you have. By the time you ever catch up, if you will, you probably would have forgotten that I had said that. But anyway, speaking of one who is behind on everything, speaking of one who is on every movie series, every TV series, and everything, I, I'm perpetually behind on everything. This is the one thing that I'm up to date on, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to speak proudly about that. You give him this one. <laughs> yes, I'm good on this one. So. Uh, I will say uh, that this, this final, the fi- this <laughs> final batch of eight episodes, because we know this last season was divided into three parts of eight episodes. Uh, this right. final batch of eight episodes, uh, for the first five of them, it was like they were. I don't want. I don't, I don't want to say too much. I, I don't know how, how how much you guys are planning on going uh, back to this at all. Uh, but not at all. It it just. Um, <laughs> It, it seemed like they were they were building story when they should be mm. uh, resolving story, but things have taken a turn, and in the last two episodes, uh, things seem to be rapidly coming to a head. I know that the final episode, which is airing on Sunday, uh, is going to be a longer episode, a 90-minute episode versus a 60-minute episode, but given the amount of right. ads they'll probably be running, it'll probably end up being the same amount of minutes as a 60-minute episode. But anyway, uh, it will be fascinating to see how it's given where the story is heading into uh this last episode it's going to be quite fascinating to see how they're going to to wrap this up and like i said i am i am 100 percent up to date and and i've been with it since the beginning and i am i'm 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 really looking forward to seeing how they attempt to close this out based on what has happened in this final batch of eight episodes well i can tell you how it ends rick's going to wake up from his coma and be like oh wow it's all a dream Everybody's going to be there <laughs> hanging out. Like, oh, wow. Oh, that was a weird dream I had. And you were there. Oh. And Carl, you were there. No. Or they were Come all on, dead man. the entire time. They were all dead the entire time, and they're all in heaven. Exactly. And they're jumping all together. There's been flash forwards. There's been flash backs. There's oh. been flash sideways. Okay, fucking Dharma's in there somewhere fucking making trouble. John Locke is fucking burrowed. Burrowed underneath. It was probably the leader of the fucking Whisperers the entire time. And there's Black oh, man. Smoke. Quinn shows up in that episode. Hey, Rick. Oh, wow. John Locke. Yeah, I was here the entire time. Ain't that right, Shane? Hell yeah. Oh, Shane. Cool. He's not dead. His name oh, was man. Christian Shepherd. Christian <laughs> Shepherd. That fucking show, man. Yo, it still hurts. Get it? Every time I think about that finale. Shepherd. <laughs> I invested so much time. I felt like Burgess Meredith in the Twilight Zone episode where he broke his glasses. Oh, like, there was time now. <laughs> Can't read my books. <laughs> oh, it was terrible. All right. So, Dean, moving on. What else are we talking about? Oh, I thought we'd never get back to it. Uh, no. Um, oh, please. So, We're so proud we, we of know you. that Kevin, Kevin Smith has asshole. been uh, making his Benedict asshole. Benedict has been making the rounds. Asshole? 
uh, presenting his Clerks 3 all across the land. And uh, mm-hmm. while he has said uh, that he would like to make a Tusk sequel, what he has confirmed is that Lionsgate is going to financially back a sequel uh, to Red State. Uh, that Kevin oh, Smith dude, is going yes. to make Red State 2 for Lionsgate. Uh, and he did want everybody to know that's been trying to watch uh, Red State that the reason that it's out of print is because he had to, you know, find some weird financing to get that film made. And uh, it was co-financed by, one, somebody in the fashion industry and, uh, you know, some other – and then someone else from some other industry and – uh, after the initial like DVD print run, uh, he lost his rights to do stuff with the property, and he has tried numerous times to contact the rights holders and has gotten no response. Uh, so he continues to try to, to get in touch with the rights holders to make things happen with the first Red State, but he has been unable uh, to do so. Uh, but Lionsgate uh, has stepped up and will, will finance Red State 2. Oh, that movie was so fucking good. I don't know if you guys saw that, but it was like the most un-Kevin Smith movie you could possibly get. Um, it was as close that he's going to get to horror, and this man, that fucking movie was great. Michael Parks was so good in it, and John Goodman, and yeah. I, I just couldn't believe I was watching a Kevin Smith movie. I was like, wow. Yes, he said that Tusk, John Goodman like, will movie. return. So that's awesome. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I loved it when it came out, and I was talking to everybody about it. I was like, you have to see this movie. It's not like a Silent Bob and Jay movie. It's, it's just it's so great in its own little way. And I love Tusk, too. Like, I defend Tusk. But I'm like, you know what? It's just it's weird. And you got to know that it's going to be weird. And Justin Long is so good in it, um, becoming a fucking human fucking walrus. Like, it's, it's, it's insane. So I'd love to see both get sequels. Just not Yoga Hosers. That, that movie was just not good. But we'll see. <laughs> um, so, all right. So, moving away from Kevin Smith, we'll see you guys. The, the Welcome to Derry prequel series that's being developed at uh, HBO Max, uh, it's been announced that uh, Brad, Caleb Kane, and Jason Fuchs, uh, who were two of the producers for It Chapter 2, are going to be showrunners for this series and they have promised that their vision for the Welcome to Derry prequel series is going to be demented, scary and terrifying. I hope so. I mean, I'm a fan of those movies. I mean, not so much part two but part one was just fucking great. So I kind of hope that Bill Skarsgård returns as uh, Pennywise. You know, they get him in there somehow. I don't want to see another guy do it. Because I thought he did it so fucking well in in both parts. So I'm kind of hoping he returns. Because they did show the origin a little bit in part uh, chapter two. But I'm hoping for Welcome to Derry, they really just explore it. And hopefully it's as scary and as violent and gory as they say it's going to be. Because I, I'm a fan of Pennywise. Always have been. Whether it's Tim Curry or Bill Skarsgård, I just I love that fucking dancing clown, man. <laughs> and that's fucking hard to sound in Derry. <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. So what else are we talking about, Dean? Uh, I'm excited to say that last time I appeared on the Talking Terror program, I reported in 
this section of mm-hmm. the program how the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre house uh, had been sold and how right. the future was in limbo because uh, no one knew what was going to happen, uh, what the plans might be from the new owners. And I am here to report that the new owners of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre house will work hard to celebrate and preserve and protect its history, uh, as well as the Grand Cafe and Antlers Hotel. Uh, They said that they are going to be doing some minor reservations and upgrades to the hotel that will not affect operations, uh, that they plan to be able to renovate the property to hold small concerts, market days, uh, as well as create a new community space. Uh, They said fans are welcome. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre fans are welcome. They said, don't be nervous. We are going deeper into the world of Mr. Hooper. Uh, so the new wow. the new owners awesome. are spreading the message that many were hoping to hear. That, that, that is, is so cool. Great. I'm so <laughs> glad they're keeping that legacy going, keeping Hooper's memory alive, keeping that chainsaw house alive. Unlike the remake house where they're like, shoo, shoo, get the fuck off my lawn, man. Like, you know, <laughs> all right. We're leaving. Well, look, man, it's a fucking remake house. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure, it was a house yeah. that was in the fucking movie, but, like, at the end of the day, like, who really fucking gives a shit? I mean, maybe a lot of people do, but I certainly don't. I guess. I mean, I, I, I remember seeing that movie in the theater, and I was like, it's okay. Like, it's not a bad Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. It's just that house just looked too grand to be the Sawyer house. You need to get that classic 74 house where it's just so unassuming, you know, and it's just you don't know what's going on in there. But compared to the remake house, we're like, oh, there's fucking people that are dying in that house. I just look at it, you know, so... I'd much rather people go see that house than have to speed by and take pictures of the remake house because they don't want to get shot to death by the owners. So, <laughs> go to the remake. Go to the original house. You know, Gunner's not there. You know, and of course Toby's not there anymore. But hopefully they do some appearances and and keep it alive. It's, it's a seminal movie. So I mean, you know me. I mean, I love Leatherface. So you know, rest in peace, Gunner Hansen. But still. That house isn't going anywhere, so that's great news, Dean. All right, so moving on, what else are we talking about? Uh, Thanksgiving, the season of giving. That's a holiday. And Disney Plus is going to be giving to capitalize on what they feel is the popularity of their series of Andor in their brilliant marketing minds, they are going to release uh, the first two episodes of this series, uh, Casa and That Would Be Me, to ABC, FX, Freeform, and Hulu uh, to stream free for all who Hmm. choose to watch uh, during Thanksgiving week. you know, I would imagine the, it's, a, it's a marketing and advertisement move, of course, to drive business towards Disney+, Plus. Uh, but uh, they are jazzed on their series and want to, to spread the word to those that are not current Disney Plus subscribers. So they are using their might uh, and the other streamers that they are connected to and own uh, to offer this opportunity uh, for all to watch for free. 
They also might be so, trying to spread it out there because it's not really getting the viewers like previous shows have gotten. <laughs> a lot of, I was a lot say, of people yeah. having cool and fucking getting, watching getting Andor or whatever the fuck it is. Andor, Andor, no, whatever the fuck it is. Are you guys watching? I, I, I literally only watched episode one. And after that, I was like, this is fucking boring as shit. <laughs> okay, so I, I, I've, st- I've stuck with it. Uh, I haven't finished the series, um, but I have stuck with it. And you know what? I won't say that it's boring as shit. It is as advertised. It is a spy-slash-espionage type of show. Um, if you liked Rogue One and the more humanistic qualities of a desperate group of people looking to kind of like not necessarily trust each other but have to trust each other to to do fucking spy shit that's kind of what you're going to get the show is not your typical star wars like flight of fancy it's kind of dour like the entirety of the series it's a fucking bummer but you know what again i come away from rogue one fucking depressed I loved Rogue One, and a lot of people like that movie, but it's not one that you hear people, like, talking about all that often, because the fucking movie's a drag. It really is. By the end of the film, okay, it's a fucking old movie at this point, everybody's dead. So everybody that you just spent two hours (laughs) fucking investing in, every single one of those fucking characters blow up on a fucking planet, man. You know, they are all fucking doomed to die. Um, all for the rebel <laughs> cause. So, so yeah, you know that carries over here. The writers are are all on board with this. They are doing a great job of, of me, but it does make it hard to view at times. And it's like great, you know, like yes, they are 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 putting together this plot. They're building this whole thing. You're not entirely sure exactly like how this all fits together. But then by the time it does, you're like, oh. Okay, very nice. It looks looks great. Um, you know that that's how everything does its thing. Um, you know it's uh, yes. So so no. I think the main reason why. You know, I I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's that people aren't talking about. It. I don't see why they're offering fucking shit for free in any way. Because honestly, <laughs> there's no other options. I'm sorry, but see, like I'm one of those idiots, right? I'm paying for Disney Plus while also having the Hulu package that if you have Hulu Live, you don't have the option to not have Disney Plus. So there's no Hulu Live TV package that doesn't include Disney Plus. But I won't eliminate the subscription I have to Disney Plus because Donovan has his account on that and and Zach has an account on that and like all these people have like their movies and their playlists and all their shit all put together and I'm not going to make everybody reset that just so they can start up another account because Disney's been fucking sticking things up my asshole while pulling more and more and more and more money out of me they just increased our fucking Hulu cost <laughs> for like $70 a Benedict Asshole. Okay, Benedict Asshole is probably codenamed Disney. Um, they they, they up the charge of Hulu to $70 fucking dollars a month. Do you know when I signed up for Hulu TV Live, which is fucking hysterical because this just came up in my memories. Just came up in my memories. $40 a month. That's how much it cost for Hulu TV Live at the time. It's now $70 fucking dollars. They're increasing Jesus the price of fucking Christ. Disney Plus. Disney Plus now has a, price a fucking month. increase. 
So I'm paying Fuck like yourself. fucking eighty to ninety dollars a fucking month for this streaming service. One of which I'm paying for two services: Disney Plus, which I have already, <laughs> and ESPN Plus, which I don't even fucking use. I don't have that downloaded anywhere. I couldn't care less. There's like fucking three ESPN channels on Hulu Live. What the fuck do I need ESPN Plus two for? It's not like they show me shit on there that I'm not getting elsewhere. It's fucking the Ocho. Man, it really is. <laughs> the Ocho. Home of <laughs> Fucking, oh, we're fucking you for cost show. I'm going to go back to regular cable at this fucking point. Like, why, why fucking not? You know, I might as well get the fucking set-top boxes back and just fucking, you know. Like, I want, I want to go back to, like, old school fucking 80s. Give me, like, 70 channels, man. And I'm a fucking happy camper. Yeah. All you fucking need. But then fucking Mickey Mouse was like, ha-ha, I got the ball. Like, you know, mm. damn it. That fucking mouth. <laughs> that fucking idiot. <laughs> and, and, and anyway, with Andrew, I was always confused. I even told the monkey, I was like, isn't that the fucking planet where the, fur, you know, the fucking furry people live? He's like, that's Andor. That's Andor. Like, wow. How and, fucking and are you guys? And and it's the fourth moon of indoor. It's not. It's not the actual. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I just I know that fucking that's where the puppet people live. You know the indoor. And I was like, isn't that indoor? And then nope, that's not the thing. Like, I was like okay, so somebody got lazy along the way and they're like, ah oh, fuck it, I don't know. Let's just call it indoor. That's cool. People will get it. No, I don't. I thought that was where the fucking little bear people live. So. So I don't know anything about Star Wars. Um, but all right, Dean, moving on, what else are we talking about? We are talking about the fact that Jordan Peele, who uh, brilliantly made the transition from comedy to horror, uh, wants to deliver uh, the scariest podcast all time. And really yesterday... Good. Yesterday, where you can listen to all of your podcasts, all 12 episodes of Quiet Part Loud uh, have been delivered. Uh, The premise being that a fear-mongering right-wing radio host uh, who lost his platform uh, has made some kind of Faustian deal with a demonic shape-shifting monster. Uh, And again, this is 12 episodes. They are all currently available to listen to wherever uh, you listen to your podcast. So Jordan Peele uh, continuing his horrified move on all levels of media with the Quiet Part Loud podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm six episodes in. I got six more to go. Um, it was actually co-written by uh, Clay McLeod Chapman, who's one of my favorite authors right now, who just McLeod. did Ghost Eaters, Whispered Down the Lane, uh, the remaking uh, so he co-wrote that. So I'm friends with him on Facebook, and he's been posting all fucking week about how cool it is to go downtown to New York City and Times Square and see that advertisement for Quiet Part Loud. Um, everything, billboards, and right in the middle of town. So I'm really just happy to see that you know his writing is getting acknowledged. And yeah, if you're a fan of podcasts, Quiet Part Loud. So far, it's been phenomenal. Like it is just great. Like I just. I stopped at episode six. I was like, I only have six left. I don't want to eat this up too fast, but well worth listening to if you're a fan of fictional podcasts. Um, I can't say enough good things about Quiet Part Loud. So I'm glad that you brought that up, Dean. I, I, I'm glad that my bringing it up has brought you happiness, Kim. 
All right, so <laughs> what are we talking about next? Gutter Garbs right now has delivered their Black Christmas slash Silent Night Deadly Night double feature collection made mm-hmm. up of shirts, hoodies, posters, and other artwork. Uh, new artwork with a double feature uh, presentation of these classic holiday films uh, are now yeah. available via Gutter Garbs. Oh, man. Yeah, Gutter Garbs kills me. Because they just released that collection, and then just released a uh, Happy Birthday to Me collection, which has uh, hoodies and shirts and also has an enamel pin. So I ordered that pin. Because, like, I want the T-shirt, but it's too expensive. So I'll get the $10 pin. So I'm looking forward to getting that in the mail. Um, but, yeah, Gutter Garbs, just like Fright Rags, the place to go, you know, if you want good uh, horror collections. But, yeah, I liked it. But at the same time, I didn't like the double feature. I think it's Silent Night, Deadly Night, and then Black Christmas. They're kind of two totally different movies, but great uh, designs. So whoever makes those designs, it's great. So check those out at GunnerGarbs.com, and then always go to FrightRags.com. Please, guys, just support our show. I've sent you emails. I'm waiting for a response. (laughs) I'm waiting for a sponsorship. (laughs) I have two drawers filled with Fright Rags T-shirts, man. (laughs) I've spent a lot of money on you guys, but yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> Respond to my desperate pleas for attention, the talking terror. But that's very cool, Dean. So, what else are we talking about? There, for uh, the low price this holiday season of twenty eight ninety nine, if you want to instill uh, in your children the skills of uh, spatial awareness, memory. Hand-eye coordination <laughs> and help no. with yeah. the building of confidence and self-esteem. Uh, you should spend your twenty-eight dollars and ninety-eight cents uh, to get your very own branded Hellraiser pub, uh, puzzle box um, children's toy <laughs> and help your children <laughs> develop all of those aforementioned skills. Yeah, we we talked about that uh, in the group chat and a little bit last week, the Golan Eyes. It's a STEM toy, so it's teaching kids about all these different things, but I just want to see one kid just play with it, and all of a sudden, Pinhead shows up. Oh, Jimmy. Yeah. Oh, my God, you're nine years old. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm so sorry. And where exactly can you get get this toy, Dean? Walmart.com. Why do you look stupid with pins in your head? (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. I'm going to rip your. You know what? Fuck you. <laughs> oh, well, I don't think you should be speaking to me like that, Jimmy. Jimmy, why are you talking to me like that? I'm a hell priest. Yeah, well, you look gay. I'm not gay. Who told you that? <laughs> no, I'm not gay. I'm a hell priest. Yeah, no, you're gay. Shut up, Jimmy. Stop judging me. <laughs> you know what? I'm going back to hell. I don't even watch soul. I'm just going to go back. I'm going to tell everybody about you, Jimmy. I'm going to make up so many lies when you go back to school on Monday. Oh, Jimmy, you're not going to want to go back to school Monday because I'm going to say Jimmy's mom might be a little bit loose. What's that mean? Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I don't know. Um, spoke out of turn. I'm going back to hell. Come on, Chatteris. Come on, Senator. <laughs> you guys are stupid. Shut up, Jimmy. Oh, God, that Jimmy just so annoys me. How did he figure out the box? 
It's all that STEM kid <laughs> shit. They're too smart. Is that like it's a Rubik's Cube? <laughs> hey, that was very complicated, Jimmy. Back in the 80s, nobody knew how to do one. You took the stickers <laughs> off and you placed them in the right position. <laughs> oh, it's so <laughs> old and stupid. What a baby's toy. Shut up, Jimmy. A lot of people liked it. You know, whatever. Baby's toy. You know what? I'm taking the box with me. You don't even get to have this anymore. Merry Christmas, Jimmy. I'm taking your present. Whatever. Your mom's a toy anyway. Your mom's a baby's toy. <laughs> you know, you're, your dad's stupid. No, my dad's cool. All right. It's kind of cool. All right. Then. I'm going back to hell. God damn it. We have to stop coming up for Jimmy. Whatever. Gay. You look like a fucking 1980s metal video. We do not. We're cool. Clive Barker created us. He's pretty cool. Never even heard of a loser. Who's flaming Irish fairy? That sounds like a Detroit mom. <laughs> Clive Barker says, what are you talking about? <laughs> Aren't the Cenobites cool? No, they look stupid just like you, you poop head. Poop head? God damn it, Jimmy. You're so smart with your comebacks. I've got nothing. All right, back the to hell I go. Pinhead, is my grandma in hell? <laughs> no, she's not in hell. I don't even know where she is. Your grandfather is, though. He's having a great time. Hooking up with everybody. He just wants Why? to get everybody's number. Why? <laughs> Grandpa? Jesus wept, Jimmy. God, why are you still talking to me? Trying to leave. <laughs> Trying to make a cool exit here. Your exits suck. No, they do not. They are cool. <laughs> Poor nine-year-old. <laughs> Roasting the Cenobites in hell. Been pinhead. I want that to be a movie. I would love to see <laughs> I've torn cells apart. Yeah? Well, did you pass P.E.? Damn it. I can never do a pull-up. That was my problem. That was my problem. I can never do a pull-up. I just I tried once and it didn't work and the nails got in the way. Ah, damn it, Jimmy! How are you so good at physical education? <laughs> All right, Jimmy. So what are we talking about next? What do we got? I will tell you that as we get ever closer, really, in the grand scheme of things, it's just a few months away. Uh, but as we get closer to Scream Six, Jenna. Uh, mm-hmm. Ortega uh, wants you to know that the sheer amount of action and gore will distract you from the absence of Sidney Prescott. And she also says uh, that some of the chases that are going to be in this film are so intense that uh, they are reminiscent of the intense chase sequences from Scream 2. What? I mean, well, they're intense. I don't remember chase any intense chase sequences in Scream Two. Look, I'm just telling you what, what Jenna Ortega said, okay, King? So don't take it I'm out on me. Say, I'm not saying you said it. I'm just saying I'm it's thinking about Scream like a Two. And I'm like, episode? Where were the intense chase sequences? Like, I mean, the most intense sequence was when they were in the car at the end of the movie, uh, Sydney and her friend, and uh, the cops got killed, and then you have Ghostface in the driver's seat and shit like that. Like that was intense, but. Like, I don't remember leaving the theater seeing Scream 2 and be like, man, those are some of the most intense chase sequences I've ever seen in a horror movie. Man. 
I mean, are they going to go in like the left door? Are they going to go in like the, the the left door on the left side, come out on the right door on the back side, and you know, come out through the middle, and then all of a sudden climb out of a hatch oh. on the floor? And oh, look, that's what I'm saying, man. His head dangling yeah, from the fucking man. ceiling, like, whoa, whoa. Like, yeah, when uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's character, Cece, gets killed in that movie, when Ghostface all of a sudden comes out of that door, and he's like, wow, you know, they, okay, maybe we'll do that. Maybe he'll come out of a fun door. <laughs> it's a, it's a ghoul said. He'd be like, I'm in a trap door now. <laughs> like, okay, that's cool. All right, I'm into it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just to say that the gore and the excitements can distract you from Nev Campbell not being in it. Uh, all right. I don't need her to be in the movie to make it good. But, you know, the, you're just upselling it now like they, they always do. They're like, oh, fucking Scream 6 is going to be intense, dude. It's going to be gory. It's going to be action-packed. You're just you're going to be fucking glued to the seat. Yeah. I, I didn't feel that way with Scream 5, so let's, let's go to Scream 6. Because we're in New York City, baby. Let's see if that's uh, any different. New York City. We're going to have... Uh, that pays salsa, baby. Jason. <laughs> Jason. Jason's going to be there. He walked the entire way. <laughs> well, and again, they're doing it in Canada, just like Jason Takes Manhattan did. So it's like, all right, so we're going to see some set pieces. Guaranteed there's going to be a subway at some point. Watch there being a subway. And Ghostface is like, oh, I'm on a subway now. I was like, yeah, we saw this. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Money shot of Times Square. It didn't work back then. It didn't work then. So. But, all right. Anyway, so uh, is that it for you, Dean, or do you have anything else you want well, to talk about before we get into I, I That was going to be it, and I had not seen this story, and it has just come across the news desk, so I don't know if any of you have heard this, but uh, we know that James Wan and Jason Blum have been responsible for so much in the world of horror over the last 20 years, and it seems, mm-hmm. according to the New York Times, that they are now in advanced talks to merge their companies, Blumhouse Productions and Atomic Monster. Uh, Jason Blum says Ooh. that James is probably 70 to 80% artist and 30 to 20% business person, and I am the reverse. So we really complement each other, yin and yang, which part of is what part of what is going to make this so exciting. Uh, James Wan said this merger would give him a bigger canvas to paint on, if you will, um, and that to have partners that trust and believe in you goes a long way. Uh, this deal is expected to close in the first quarter of 2023. So Blumhouse and Atomic Monster uh, joining forces to become one company. Uh, I had not seen this earlier today. This has uh, hmm. just come across my, my news desk yeah. uh, while we have been doing this show right now. Yeah, I did not know that either. But, you know, let's see what content they create together. Um, two big powerhouse companies coming together and to make something happen. So, you know, we'll see what projects come about uh, from both of them. All right. So with that being said, uh, we have Bullets of Justice to talk about in 2019, directed by Valerie Malev. Uh, Dean, this is your pick, so give us a synopsis, what you thought about it, and let's keep this baking train rolling. Yes, Bullets of Justice, uh, a film directed by Valerie Malev with help from uh, Rob Justice, uh, star Timur Tereshpikov. Uh, this was mm. originally put together uh, back in 2017, what was going to be a pilot uh, for a TV series. And as they were <sighs> working on this project, they uh, redirected their efforts 
uh, and turn this into the feature-length film, uh, which uh, premiered at the London Fright Fest Film Festival on uh, August of 2019. So uh, in the days of the Third World War, um, the American government uh, launched a secret project codenamed Army Bacon uh, in order to create super soldiers uh, by inbreeding humans with pigs. Uh, years later, a breed called muzzet, Muzzles um, have occupied the top of the food chain, uh, farming and eating uh, the fattened humans like livestock. Uh, Rob Justice, uh, seeking revenge uh, for the death uh, of his father and mentor and gravedigger, played none other uh, by the legendary Danny Trejo, um, is one of the last lines in human resistance uh, that are working to find the mother and bring the muzzles down from power and to destroy them in bullets of justice. Hmm. What do you think about it? <laughs> this movie was fucking wild, man. I was I was I was texting the ghoul before this and uh when I like I you know, I obviously had made this choice and didn't know much about it and had seen like a little bit of trailer and it was like, Oh, this looks pretty wild, I'm gonna watch this and, and in the spirit of honesty and transparency here at Talking Terror that we are known for, I got tremendously fucking baked last night to watch this and uh <laughs> like I I I I I, I had no idea uh, what the fuck was going on while also knowing exactly what the fuck was going on. And uh, like, I, like I, while I thought it meandered here and there, like how bizarre and unique and fun. Like I, like I just, there's some things that just made me fucking laugh so hard. So uh, I'll say that for now. And then curious to see what you all have to think of bullets of justice as well. Okay. So cool. What do you think about bullets of justice? Benedict, all right, so, asshole. so last week, you know, again, like Benedict asshole, <laughs> Um, so, so last week, you know, when, uh, when the Dean had told us in the group chat that, that this was going to be the movie, I remember we were on the air, uh, we announced it. And and like I said, the first thing out of my mouth was like, wow, man, bullets of justice sounds like something out of like late night cable, 1990s television. This would be a movie that starred like Cynthia Rothrock or fucking Lorenzo Lamas. Oh yeah. Like that, you know, they're fucking hell-bent on revenge because somebody killed somebody's fucking sister in the back fucking woods of whatever fucking town that they happen to be, like, wandering through on their motorcycle at that fucking yeah. particular time. You know, fuck exactly. You know, bullets of fucking justice, baby. So, so going into this film, blank as always, you know, the only thing I knew was what you had said in the group chat when I asked you about what the movie this week was, because I had forgotten the name. And I think you said, like, the tagline was like, oink, oink, motherfucker. And, like, in my head, I'm yep. like, what the, like, for, for what? I was like, was he serious? Because, like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> so then, obviously, going to Tubi, you put on the fucking link for it, and there is this giant fucking, like, this big head. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's what he meant. And I'm like, okay, so, so let's, let's fucking watch this unfurl. Okay, what I ended up having was one of the greatest fucking times watching a stupid-ass movie. This is one of those movies that is just so fucking bad. It's great. 
I wasn't stoned like the Dean. I didn't take anything to watch this. And I still was fucking holding my stomach, howling at times. Fucking scenes repeating themselves. I can't tell you how many times fucking Rob said fucking Benedict asshole. But every time it was the same cut again and again and again. And again at one point, and I again actually, and again. At, at one, oh, it's going to be hard to fucking find it. God damn it. I, I will find it at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, there were all kinds of fucking crazy things going on within this movie. And, and like the Dean said, you know, you, you think you're lost, but you're meant to. You're meant to have no fucking clue what it is that you're watching because it's just fucking random. They put together just a random series of events. They threw, like, little things and ideas in there here and there. And they were like, yeah, this is a movie now. Um, and maybe, maybe some of that has to do with it being a show originally or a series, and this was the pilot, and they were trying to introduce things that were going to come back at, at later points and, and shit like that. But, uh, but yeah, they, they never do because it's uh, – it's just not what was in the cards. Personally, would love for the sequel to come out for this movie because I want to know what the hell is going to happen. I want to know what was going on with the time travel in this movie. There, there's all kinds of shit that, that I want to to know more about, and unfortunately, I'm, I'm not going to, to, to get it. Ah, here. This, this is literally my explanation to, uh, to a group of friends, uh, and I'm going to go verbatim here. This is the movie I have to watch for the show this week. And this came with a picture of, uh, of Rob and his sister looking at one another. They are brother and sister. Assumed adopted, but never stated. They've fucked multiple times already during the movie. Like, porn-level <laughs> fucking. The world in this film is populated by bipedal nice humanoid pigmen who operate human farms for food. There is a pig character whose mouth resembles an asshole, along with a pair of balls under his chin, looking backward, too, as in looking at the balls from the backside. His name is Benedict Asshole. This name has been repeated numerous times now. Yes, she has a mustache. And that's it. That is the fucking, that is the synopsis of this whole fucking movie right there. Like, as easy as it gets. So, yeah, I love it. So, Dean, thank you. I enjoyed this movie. What did you think about Welcome Justice Monkey? I had nothing to take. I had no drugs. I had no alcohol. <laughs> I wish I had. This movie was bad. This movie was so fucking bad. Uh, and I was just pissed off. And, like, because the movie poster is this giant shot of Danny Trejo. Top billing Danny Trejo. The motherfucker's only in it for like fucking 15 minutes if we're fucking lucky. And then if there's any more, <laughs> it's just repeated reel that we've already seen. Yeah, I was so pissed off that we did not have him actually in this movie more. Oh, man, this... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, this movie was fucking painful. It's just, like we... Yeah, the, yeah we... we we have a bar for Tony Terror, and it seems like we just dropped it. Dropped the yeah, bar with gone. this movie. It's like it's gone. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. We, oh, we have a bar. Okay. Bye, bar. Uh, <laughs> we 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 had it. It's it's, it's gone now. <laughs> the bar has been dropped. It's been it's been, it's been set on fire. <laughs> it's, it's been cast away. It's been pissed on. <laughs> there it goes. Bye, bye, bar. Is, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, King, what did you think? Oh, I mean, not to, to resent a lot of what you just said because I agree with a lot of it. But, guys, if you're at home and you have, like, a script that you've been working on or a story and you're like, man, I think I can make a movie out of this. You know what? You fucking can because both of justice exist. Like, just fucking make it. Like, don't be afraid because this movie is out there. Like, and it's fine. Like, you know, it's, it was just, it, it was like an action movie kind of mixed with a horror movie. And then all of a sudden they met Tommy Wiseau from the room and they're like, oh, dude, let's have sex. And they're like, hell yeah. And then you get bullets of justice. Like, if you've ever seen The Room, where it's just, an, it's just really bad, but you can't just not look at it, this is what Bullets of Justice were. Like, I, I, it definitely felt like it was a series. Like, it felt like they took all the elements of a series, put it into one fucking movie, and they're like, well, you deal with it now. I'm like, well, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> but I had to. Luckily, it was only an hour and 16 minutes, so it was a quick viewing. Um, God, I just... She has I, oh, the greatest I just, I just, in man, the world. This, I, I wish I had gotten fucking baked. <laughs> I wish I had gotten fucking stoned out of my fucking mind and watched it. I would have been so happy with it. Like I, like the monkey said, I wasn't, you know, drinking during it. I wasn't getting high during it. But man, like that would have probably fucking helped. But um, all right. So, like Danny Trejo, Danny Trejo. I want to know who the fuck did Danny Trejo owe money to, to where he had to do this fucking money. I mean, he had to do this they movie. Because it's, they, probably gave him, they probably gave him half of the budget. You know, and they're like, just appear in this movie so for five minutes. Bad movies. His ass turns up Dude, so Danny Trejo's shit, fucking filmography is a miles long of any it fucking piece of shit that comes along. And every once in a while, he's <laughs> in something awesome. But, like... Overall, like the guy's yeah. in way more fucking bad movies than he is in good movies. No, he's like, been in plenty we're not, of bad movies. We're not, here, here, we're, not, we're not talking. You want a fucking We're not example? talking about someone who's super fucking selective, man. We're not talking about Meryl Streep here. You know? <laughs> here, here here's an example of this, okay? Danny Trejo's fucking acting credits on IMDb include 433 movies that he's acted in. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So so you tell me how many of those yeah. fucking 433 you've seen, and how many of them are quality. Not all winners. I've seen I, probably I 27 that. of them, and seven of them are probably <laughs> yeah. of quality. Um, so we enter, a, we enter the movie with a man named Rob Justice and a woman named I Nina think a bunch in a of Rob step world. So there's and she... Nina demanding that Rob shoot a pig man in the muzzle. By pig man, I mean a pig that's also a man. The form people also show up to see what's going on. The muzzle shits itself before Rob kills it. So we have Nina going over to cut off the muzzle's ears, but a pig man arrives via jetpack and tells him that the dead pig man is his and you need to run. So Nina throws a machete at him, which causes a gunfight. Jetpack pig man circles them from above as a gunner from the back of his jetpack fires at them. <laughs> He's a little man. Dude, when he popped out, I was fucking dying. <laughs> dying. Dying. I was dying. As he popped out. Fucking I happen. thought it was Beetlejuice. <laughs> <laughs> we get a, a slow-mo moment from scared. Rob Justice saying, do you want to know how war happens? This is how it happens. Let me fucking tell you. Again, Tommy was so level acting here from Rob Justice. So we find out that 70% of humans are dead, and Robert Counts being a kid growing up with his father, Grave Digger, played by Danny Trejo and his sister. 
he has a he's a good man, his father, but he has issues with God. Fuck God, doesn't exist. All right, we're moving on. So Rashka, his sister, they have a bone fight before taking uh, candy by a grave. She always wins. She never loses. So Gravedigger enters the store looking for that fat bitch who has candy, and that's the first time that Rob ever saw a muzzle, a creature that's half man, half pig. It attacked his father, and the military immediately show up and prepares to execute code 666, which is to kill Rob's dad and then burn all the bodies along with any evidence as Rob and Raksha escape. So no one really knows who created the muzzles. The, uh, the Jedi. Yeah, so that's, that's right. probably it. But So nobody knows who creates these muzzles. You know, there were super soldiers that have gone wrong, so Russians blame Americans, Americans blame Russians. So soon humans are being fattened up and fed to the muzzles. The Russian-American forces team up and fix the problem, but it backfired as it didn't kill like the, the muzzles. Isn't the muzzles those fucking, those, that cartoon series that, like, combined animals together? Didn't they have, like, a bumblebee? That was muzzles. Oh, Aren't those that was muzzles. in Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> Those are mu- oh, those are muggles. muggles. Those are muggles. <laughs> muggles. Gotcha. Okay. So not not muggles so and not muggles. What about so shirt Rob and but here remember so shirt Rob and Raksha. And maybe Ducktales. Who knows? But so Rob and Raksha are constantly looking for the mother. They can't find where she is because none of the muggles will tell them where she is. Then we get a nice quick scene of Rob and Nina fucking. She's his assistant and has an ass like hell, but it's no match for Rob's ass. Take that, Captain America, you fucking American ass. He can't help but think about Raphael while they bang, and she gets pissed off. Get over it, dude. Apparently, Raphael like is a dream, fucking. but his assistant is They're not just fucking, though. This is like, this is like slightly more than Skinamax level fucking. There were <laughs> yeah. like shots where yeah. they came back, and you could see like penetration occurring. His balls fucking yep. hanging down low. You know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. I was like taken aback. I wasn't expecting that. Like the sex scene, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, that's no surprise. This is that kind of movie. But then for it to get that graphic with the sex scene, I was like, yep. oh, oh, damn, yeah. too bad I'm watching this so fucking early in the day, you know? Yeah, so everything yeah. is getting so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And she has the nicest ass in the entire world. But not nice like mine. Because he's not, complimented not, not as nice as mine. <laughs> not as nice as mine. So, after he gets pissed off that he's thinking about Raphael, she tells Rob that she's pregnant. He's like, no fucking way, dude. And she's like, yeah, dude, it's yours. Take that, Nick Cannon, for your fucking 12 children. But he doesn't <laughs> have to worry about anything because... <laughs> Immediately, the muzzles break in, they kill Nina, and now Rob is fucking getting out of Dodge. She's like, man, fucking got out of there quick. This is the future's version of Plan B. That's all it is, you know? Abortion (laughs) has been outlawed, so they just fucking call it the fucking pigs. So Rob eventually arrives. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I got some Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. (laughs) So Rob arrives at a human-resistant bunker. He tells a woman that the ears belong to a teen muzzle that he killed, but that was all a trick. So this captain assures him that the muzzle deserved to die, and he tells her, my only source of sex is dead, being Nina, and I want revenge. So apparently the muzzle from the beginning is named Yuri, and he's going to have a meeting with a Benedict asshole. Benedict asshole? Benedict asshole. Benedict asshole? Benedict so, asshole. Asshole? apparently knows about a secret lab called the Liver, which is somewhere in New York. 
Every Monday, a special truck delivers fresh meat to the mother. Rob wants payment for Yuri, but he's told to go to the liver and kill the mother. Rob doesn't really want to do this. Honestly, humanity doesn't need to be saved. And despite Rob having a car full of dead girls, the pictures anyway, he's the best. So then we cut to a human resistance secret military camp and meet with Raksha, Rob's sister, who has a Freddie Mercury-type mustache. We're never going to find out what that uh. mustache is, so just get over it now. <laughs> so as, as well, what are you talking about? Talk you about a little you bit later. hear her explanation? Oh, no, I couldn't. No, it was all blanked out. So, yeah. So a soldier that we'll meet later tells her that Rob needs her, and she needs to take with her a couple soldiers to a bunker. It's impossible. I can't get there. You have 12 hours to go. Teleport is an option. No more mistakes. Is there yes, well, we, we, Rob we, we never exactly find out what the deal is with teleport either. Um, something does nope, come up later. Nope. But really, no, the reason I'm interrupting here is I do, I do just want to make just a quick point, right? So, yeah. so you know all these things that you, you, you're, you're complaining about with the film, right? Like, uh, like not getting certain bits of information, weird cutscenes, shit like that, right? You do realize that when, like, uh, Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino did this for, like, a quote-unquote niche audience, you all called it fucking genius, okay? This is just Grindhouse, but real. You Whoa. know, this is an actual Grindhouse I never movie. called Grindhouse genius. And, and <laughs> I not personally never grind, did. But it's not a fake Grindhouse movie. I mean, let's, let's just no, say that no. for that. You know, like, when, when like, I, and again, I enjoy Death Proof. And, uh, and and I do like Planet Terror to to a degree. Yeah. But when you're mm-hmm. making a movie bad on purpose, how is that better than just making a movie? And you know what? Yeah, maybe maybe you put something out there and you thought it was great and it's terrible, but it's terrible in its greatness. Whereas that's just you making a bad movie when you could have made something better. No, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, I saw Grindhouse in the theaters, and I was there for it. I thought Planet Terror was better than Death Proof. I loved the trailers in between. But I don't know. It was one of those things where I just kind of got it better with Planet Terror. You know, the fact that they were playing up the, the Grindhouse movies of that era. And I got it with this movie, too. Like, they're playing up the Grindhouse era. You know, bad acting. There's gore. There's sex. But... It just it, it annoyed me more than anything else because I was like I, maybe it's just a translation of the humor. I don't you know I, I don't know. I don't think they're well. Here's the thing I don't think they're playing it. I think this movie is just genuinely that bad, and their performances <laughs> are genuinely that bad. And somebody somebody went through the painstaking effort to edit this film, and somehow when they did all of that they actually made something that was somewhat okay. You know, like, I don't think this mm-hmm. would have been good had it actually been, like, if it came out the way it was originally, like, supposed to, like a TV series. I think as a series, yeah. this would have been god-awful. Oh, yeah. You know, and nothing better than the movie. But um, So we see that Rob helps out with an interrogation of a muzzle with a butthole for a mouth and reverse balls on his chin. Goalie called you it. You mean an asshole? This is Benedict, Benedict Asshole. So Rob gets no info from this particular <laughs> muzzle, and his captain tells him to go for a get a drink. Don't reject the mission. Your father will be proud of you. And then we see that Raksha is comforting a soldier named Esther that doesn't want to die going on this mission. She's like, no, nah, that's fine. Everything's going to be okay. So the man from earlier that told Raksha about the mission 
rips off his bulletproof vest and also his shirt, demanding that Esther shoot him. And when she does, he brushes off the bullets in his chest as if they were nothing like birds of justice. So not bullets of justice, oh. birds of justice. And I love this fucking guy. He's just like, yeah, man. Like, that's what it takes. Well, doesn't he, so go doesn't out there he also and, say something along the lines of, like, if the bullets don't belong to you, they can't kill you or some <laughs> yeah. shit like that? Yes, too? he does. This was one of the... Mm-hmm. This was one of those where it was like, yeah, man, like they're stretching with this fucking character and everything else going on. But I, again, I was here for it because it was silly. He had a funny voice. Like whatever they were dubbing him with was like, was that baritone <laughs> kind of like real deep? Yeah, yeah, you know voice. what I mean. It was like, what the fuck is that about? And you know what? I'm gonna go with this guy. So, this guy's gonna have fucking superhuman powers later. So oh my god, he has force powers later on. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, so Raksha and her female children companions, including Esther, arrive by boat and begin running through the woods. And they're immediately attacked by muzzles, one of the soldiers beginning to kill one of them right away as they avoid circular saw blades being thrown at them. Esther is knocked down by a saw blade right to the face, and as Nina is now left alone in her mission... What is, what is there, a countdown? No, somebody's making a microwave dish. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Someone's making some pork rinds oh, in the microwave. Oh. What the fuck? <laughs> as Raksha is now left alone on her mission, she kills the rest of the muzzles that killed her along as the helicopter arrives to take her away. So the helicopter arrives, and she's like, man, that didn't go according to the plan. And then one of the pilots removes his comically large helmet and is revealed to be a bald guy with a mustache. Think G. Gordon Liddy. Uh, but he also has sexy little black boots that make robotic <laughs> noises as he uses his mustache to talk. I was like, Jesus, this is fucking G. Gordon Liddy. I actually had to look him up and go, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm talking about the same guy, but he talks with his mustache. He relates to how Raksha feels, but deep down, he's just a machine. Doesn't understand human emotions, not their actions. And he asks her, why do you have a mustache? And she goes, you don't want to know. Uh, We all do. The audience wants to know, but unfortunately, you're never going to find out because the dialogue is needed. And he's like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. I just need to hug you. I'm like, no, I want to fucking know. Like, Let's give me subtitles. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. Why does he have a mustache? Like, why is it so sad? But nope. We, we don't find out. Oh, I so, mean, she tells him in, like, an emotional way. Everything's, you know, she starts crying. She starts hitting him. I mean, you know, if, if you could read lips, you probably still won't know what the fuck's being said. But, but hey, again, that's, she, I, I honestly, my, my personal feelings on this is she has the mustache to honor her late father. Maybe, you know, I mean, that could be something. I mean, we don't really get anything from it except, uh, you know, that she has it. Uh, so Rob arrives to receive a standing ovation from a group of fellow bounty hunters. He also has visions of Raphael, a model that he worked with when he was on the male <laughs> modeling circuit. It's going to come out uh, Raphael fucking rules. I fucking love Raphael. Monkey's <laughs> favorite just had a vibe. Yeah, Raphael, oh, man. He had that, that vibe. I was there for yeah, yeah, that 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 weird ass wraparound song nutsack holder thing, man. That only goes around one ass cheek. Around the fucking wind in his fucking hair. I was like, you know what? I'm kind of here for Raphael. Like that guy knows. Dude, the <laughs> fucking the hand song is is a weird fucking creation, man. You it know, is, it really, really so is. I, I I don't get it, you know, at all. So we find out that that uh, Raksha is there to knock Rob back into reality. And we find out that it's been a while since they've seen each other as they share a kiss that outgrosses Corey Cunningham and his mom in Halloween Ends. 
I get way more passionate, you know? So then what do we get? Robin and sister having sex where he's just like, give me them boobies. And he's reaching up all over those boobs as she's riding him. And she's like, well, what's the fucking plan, man? Like, I'm about to come. You got to tell me before I come. And he's like, all right. Well, we're going to get fucking Benedict Asshole out. And then we're going to fucking follow him. Benedict Asshole. Oh. But, okay. So but, how are we going to do that? It, so it, I put a track not on the Benedict set. Asshole, is it? Oh, sorry. No, no, no we'll find out. So get to find out that Rob, during the interrogation, put a tracker in the back of Benedict Asshole's head. And that's how they're going to track him. He's on his <laughs> so we arrive in Manhattan and we see cages full of super fat men and women that are being lined up to be pig food, a human slaughterhouse. Robin rocks oh, over yeah. the necks and pig shit as they track asshole <laughs> where, who arrives at the liver. Robin rocks should tell the guard at the door that they were at work and needed to get in. They smell suspicious to him, but you know what? Fuck it. We'll kill him anyway. So they kill the guard and they get into the liver very easily. And that's when we find asshole arriving, the tell Tito, and he tells him about the human resistance bunker with the last survivors. He's called the liar. Oh, by the way, guys, yeah, listening at home, this dialogue is completely done through fart noises. <laughs> Just an uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. So later, Literally. Rob and Raksha see a baby crying, and Rob decides that they need to kill every, all the muzzles that are in this place. He kills one of the muzzles by sticking his gun up a dead person's asshole, and it catches into the guy's cock, and he shoots out of the dick hole of the dead person. <laughs> I was like, you know what? I kind of liked it. I was like, yeah, that's the one time movie. I got it. There's so much dick. <laughs> it's like a Game of Thrones episode. <laughs> so... Uh, Benedict Asshole is killed by Rob, but when he runs over to Benedict Asshole, he's like, oh, my God, this isn't Benedict Asshole. It's Robert Asshole. <laughs> Apparently, there's a whole line of assholes out there, and that's not Benedict. Well, I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Rob and Raksha continue their way through the liver, shooting any muzzles that they come across, and eventually they find their way into a room as they run out of bullets. And this is the one thing that I actually did like was the fact that Raksha tells him that's a bandolier of bullets on her chest is just a prop. It's just, it's oh just a decoration. Costume. It's just for show. <laughs> yeah. It's not actually bullets. So eventually they find that the man who I was talking about earlier with all the powers, Ascar, shows up. And he's like, don't worry about this. I got all the power. And he just fucking force throws everybody around. And I'm like, okay, Darth Vader's here. And he's just forced yeah. everybody around the room. <laughs> and also, we find out that he's fucking Rob's brother, so they can have a threesome now. Like, we never got that scene. I was like, dude, you're all related? You guys could fucking get it out. No, we don't get that. He's just like, I'm your brother. I saw what happened. Anyway, see you guys later. I'm out of here. And they're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. So we also get more Rob and Raksha kissing. As we see, the truck is fully loaded with fat and dead people and ready to be taken to the mother. The pair have decided to hide in the truck with the dead bodies so they can kill mother. Where is he, mother? But we also catch up with Raphael now, who is an agent of some kind, but still a fucking hot supermodel. And apparently he knows where Rob and Raksha are because they took the bait of being in the truck. And then he fucking calls the David Lee Roth and he's like, jump, jump, come on and jump. And he fucking does a split in the fucking air. And I was like, damn. And I was like, there it is. There's Van Halen. 
you know, and he's just fucking so excited. Couldn't help himself. Had to do that. Um, just can't hide it. So Rob <laughs> dreams of seeing Raksha pregnant, but it's not Raksha. As another Raksha bursts through the fucking door, I'm confused and my head's starting to hurt because I can't figure this fucking thing out. Um, that is <laughs> asshole. I'm not Raksha. That's, I'm Raksha. Oh, oh, Raksha. And then they cut to a fucking guy running from, you know, all the hunters with a boy. <laughs> I was like, what? What? Why are we here? Well, okay. All right. So now we're with this guy, Cristiano, and he's running with a boy. Uh, the boy thinks that Rob Justice will save them, but the guy tells him that Rob is a myth as a truck of hunter muzzles show up. Rob is stuck in a time loop, by the way. I forgot to mention that. He, for some reason, gets stuck in a fucking Twin Peaks time loop where he's like, what year is it? I don't know where I am. Like, yeah, uh, where am I? What year is this? It's okay. We'll Again, these, these are things that I think <laughs> were, like, obviously meant for, like, the longer form series that when they were editing this movie, they were like, you know what? <laughs> fuck it. We're going to fuck with everybody. We're just going to leave this shit in. We're going to fucking Donnie Darko them with this. Because, again, suddenly, yeah, like we heard about teleport earlier, but now there's some kind of, like, time jumping shit going on. We get this jump over to Cristiano. We get the thing with, 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 with Raksha and pregnant Raksha that wasn't really Raksha. Funny enough is that's actually the actress's sister, too, um, playing the pregnant version of her. So it was oh, nice. two different actresses. Um, but, but yeah, this, this is where, again, like the movie's already off the rails. Like it never had rails to begin with. But this is when no. it starts getting real fucking random. And even for a little bit here, I'm kind of like, I, try, I tried to follow it. And then I was just like, yeah, this, 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 there's no hope. So you might as well just, again, you either, you either turn your brain off, sit back and say, you know what, I'm going to laugh about all of this, or you yeah. just don't like this movie. Yeah, you know, turning the brain off is a good idea, you know, because at a certain point, um, when Cristiano is trying to protect the boy from the hunters, all of a sudden we have Rob showing back up, but he's stuck in fucking time. So half of his body is hanging out of a brick wall, but he somehow manages <laughs> to get his gun to work. And then all of a sudden he shoots himself out of the wall and he's like, hey, I'm here now. And it's like, oh, yeah. shit. Rob and and, and while well, well, he's at it, he's off. in the fucking World Cup, you know, kicking shit all over the fucking place. <laughs> well, Cristiano is Cristiano Ronaldo, obviously. Oh, of course. He's <laughs> back, by the way. Dominating for Man United. Yeah, hell fucking yeah, he is. Man, he's been kicking ass, winning all these games. Yeah, I know. Soccer fan, me. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> who knew? <laughs> soccer hooligan. <laughs> I can sing the Man United song. It's not, he has a one-zero chip. But... Uh, so we found out that Cristiano was a football player before the war, and he was part of a resistance that was all killed by a horny woman in a mask. Rob knows her as Krizda, his former assistant, that he had trained. And then Raphael also showed up during that flashback to behead all the men that were in Cristiano's group. Rob tells the man that he knew about the fact that they were being baited the entire time and pulled a trick to avoid being killed. So as Rob drives on, the truck is ambushed. It's Raksha and bald mustache robot G. Gordon Liddy. They thought the truck was being driven by hunters and not Rob. After sharing a quick kiss, Rob's like, oh, fuck, yeah, those two. And they're dead. <laughs> they got shot to death. And their fucking bodies are in the truck, and I just I couldn't stop laughing. When you open up that door and the kid's dead, he was like, well, you're out of here. 
Like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, Damn, shot him right in the fucking head. <laughs> yeah, no time to mourn about that because Rob and Raksha have to have sex again because if they're not having sex, we're not having fun. And Rob's afraid that they've lost the war. And then we flash back to the when they were kids where Rob wants to kill everybody. Raksha says, I miss my dad. And then all of a sudden, adult Rob shows up to confront again. God damn it, this fucking movie, where I'm like, what What are we doing? Uh, I was so confused. <laughs> I actually had to rewind it because Adult Rob confronts Little Rob, and Little Rob tells him that, you know what, you're very beautiful. And he's like, thank you for that. But anyway, uh, hey, man, you can't attack the military, the base the following day. You'll get revenge on your father, but later. And then Little Rob promises, you know what, I won't do that. And then we cut to the next day, still in the past. And little Raksha is dropping soldiers left and right, dropping bodies before she gets captured and shot in the leg, which gives her a metal brace that yeah, we'll see later on because that was a new fucking thing for me. And I was like, oh, I guess she does. Um, and then for some reason, we have little Rob waking up and telling adult Raksha that he had a prophet dream. So all of a sudden, we have little boy Rob talking in adult Rob's voice saying that he had a prophet dream. And then we cut to adult Rob taking off her metal brace, and she's able to walk on her own. And he says, there is no God. We call it teleport. Again, if you didn't have the Freddie Mercury mustache, I probably would have been attracted to Rock Show a little bit. Because <laughs> when she's walking around and you get that back, so I'm like, all right, you go there, girl. Like, you know, got that ass going. She's like, I can walk again. I'm like, yeah, you can. And that's good. <laughs> but, um, so, so the woman that gave Rob the mission from earlier is back, and we know it's all a trick at this point. She's now dressed like a kind of cosplay Nazi for some reason and telling Raphael that Rob and Raksha should be dead. She tells him that he can't fail again. If he does, he'll spend his whole miserable life at the catwalk. Oh, wow. That wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, at the catwalk. Yeah, on the catwalk. But also it's fun that Raphael's female bodyguard. I was waiting for that joke as well. Boobs. I was waiting. I was waiting for him to turn around and just be like, "I'm too sexy." You know what I mean? Something like that. Just like again, the use of the word "catwalk" was just way too like definitive for yep. them to not have like gone right said Fred with that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was waiting for it. I put it in my notes, but it didn't happen. Um, and then we find out that Esther from earlier somehow survived the saw blade attack, and she just has a, nas- a nasty facial scar. Rob and Raksha have a meal with her and some bounty hunters. One of the hunters opens up his bag and reveals the head, saying it's Benedict Gasol. But after Rob fingers the head's mouth, it's ever to open that fucking bag. Seriously. It was, that was like 10, whoop, that whoop, was whoop, 10 whoop. fucking minutes of the movie. I was <laughs> yeah. opening the fucking bag. <laughs> and then fingering the fucking mouth and then smelling it and then tasting whatever it was. And fucking he's like, great. this isn't Benedict Asshole. This is Massimo Zardi. And then he throws the fucking head in the fireplace and he's like, fuck it. And I was like, okay. You know, right. So that was Massimo Zardi. I, I probably spent more minutes online trying to figure out if Massimo Zardi meant like something asshole in another language mm-hmm. than I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I was like, oh, you know what? They, well, you had Benedict asshole, you had Rob asshole. Like, I expected, like, you know, all of these asshole faces to be assholes. So when he said Massimo Zardi, I was like, 
Okay, that must be like, Zardy must mean asshole in like fucking, I don't know, some <laughs> random fucking like third world country fucking language somewhere. But no, I, anything, anytime I put Massimo Zardy in or just the word Zardy translation, it came up with like 18 different things and none of which was an asshole. None. <laughs> so <laughs> Esther reveals to Rob that she wants to be his new, a new assistant. And you know what that means? They got to fuck. So he's going to take her upstairs. Yeah send her over that bed and just plow her rightly as we see that Raksha is still downstairs with the others. But during the whole sex, all of a sudden it's real that it's Tizda the entire time as she rips off Esther's face. And he's like, wow, this is fucked up, man. Like, can we finish though? Like, can we finish real quick? No. Oh, okay. No, you're on the, the whole killing thing. <laughs> so Tizda gets up and she's getting ready to kill Rob. But all of a sudden there's a fight downstairs between the bounty hunters and Raksha, where the bullets come from up the stairs and kill Pizza. So one of the bounty hunters' guns shoots upstairs, and she's dead. And Rob's like, man, that was a fucking close one, right? You know? But who shows up? <laughs> G. Gordon Liddy. And he's like, whoop, whoop, yeah, baby, whoop, whoop. Fucking doing his little dance after he kills the fucking rest of the bounty hunters. I mean, let's just take a moment to look at those movies. I mean, he's all excited that he just got to kill a whole bunch of people. <laughs> Why are we here? Like, why are we here? Okay. You know, we still have time left, which is the problem. When's this going to end? It's going to end soon. Ah, um, yeah. <laughs> so Rob asks, oh, is the, where's the mother? You know, where is the bunker? Where's the crypt? Where she is she? can't quite tell him because, you know, unfortunately she's dying, so she can't exactly give up the info. Um, but she must have at some point because Rob eventually reaches the crypt and starts singing a song, which causes Raphael to do a sexy dance. So he's doing his little thing, and all of a sudden, Raphael's like, oh, oh, this Very is my romantic. song, this is my jam. Like, you know, he's just having fun in his crypt, <laughs> doing his sexy dance. Um, Rob asks Raphael, where's the mother, and why do I have visions? We only have, like, fucking nine minutes left in this movie. Let's just fucking get something going. So Raphael tells him that the muzzles and the mother of the future, humanity is done. He tells Rob that he needs mother. He needs a constant state of war so his legend can exist. And Rob's like, no way, man. No way, man. I'm good. And he's like, no, you know what? You're a fucking liar. And then Rob and Raphael get into a fucking sexy fight where Rob gets fucking teabagged for some reason. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, and man. And, so and he sexy. And and as pretty as he is, and as the shot that we fucking got, it's like, damn, dude, you couldn't have fucking waxed as the the shot we get is a like, god damn. But the whole, like, it was just like a dance, and, like, they're just kind of doing this sexy little dance together, and I was like, ah, you know what, it's, it's weird, I didn't mind it, but then when you see that shot of fucking Raphael just teabagging the shit out of him, I was like, oh, okay, is this going to knock him back into the fucking future? Like, is that what's going to take? <laughs> Raphael's fucking ball <laughs> dropping on the face and dropping into it? Um, you know what happens? Teleport. Uh, we get dropped into some fucking time fucking portal where all of a sudden we cut to an apartment where we have Rob completely fucking naked with a completely different hairstyle standing naked in one of the rooms and his roommate going, huh, are you okay? Are you, yo, no apocalypse for you, Rob. Like, and he's like, uh-huh. Come on back, buddy. And then we Come have... On. Another Are you shows again? up, Uve, and Uve is like, dude, we have to go. We have the show to go to, man. Like, this is Massimo. I'm like, oh, shit, Massimo. There we go. There's Massimo's already. 
Like, we got the name drop, so we know it's going to a fashion show. And naked Rob goes, no, I'm, I'm completely fine, Uwe. Like, I'm good. So we get a quick shot of, of Rob dressing real quickly, putting on all of his clothes, putting on the sexy, you know, shorts and the fucking tank top. And he goes outside, and who shows up at Raphael in the fucking convertible? And he's like, all right, boys, you ready to go? And they're like, yeah, we're ready. And as Rob goes outside, there's a chihuahua on the seat, and he's like, oh, no, you can't sit in here. That's mother. And he's like, okay. And the fucking car takes off. And I was like, okay. Like, uh, all right, so we're here. You know, so he looks across the street. And he sees a homeless man with a sign that says, humans equal pigs. No real reaction to that because he has to smoke his fucking cigarette. So he pulls out his cigarette and lights it up. And the car pulls up. The window rolls down. And who is there but fucking G. Gordon Liddy. And he's like, what's up, bro? Uh, like, All right, let's go, bro. We have to get to the show. And, yeah, he gets into the fucking car, drives off as we hit credits. What the fuck was that and oh my god <laughs> that that's it i was like that's the credits <laughs> i was like okay so they did that to us they did the whole was it a dream you know I was like, that's fine <laughs> i was just i, I, I was baffled when did, the credits did, did you guys out. wait for the credits to end nope certainly did not yeah <laughs> there was a they actually had a post-credit scene no, <laughs> it's indeed we find out that Cristiano is not dead. He wakes up and opens his eyes. Oh, and bum, bum, bum. I want to see. <laughs> he. Um, yeah, look at it. It's one of those weird things, guys. Like I, I like silly movies at times. Like you know, I'm a fan of the trauma movies. You know, I like parody movies. I like when movies can be silly, but. This one just kind of lost it on me. Like, I just I didn't get it, you know, and it felt very just kind of broken, disjointed in some parts. Or like obviously it was a series. They're just trying to make a, a, a movie out of this. I mean, luckily it was only an hour and sixteen minutes. But and I, I, like Still. we never got to see the mother at all. Like we never got that payoff. Like they just kind of sold it up on that. And why was there so much incest? I'm like, why are you like why like. Because at one point when Raksha says, I miss my dad, I'm like, maybe they're not related. Like, maybe it's just kind of like friends being brothers and sisters. Like, I have uh, people that I consider my sister, and they're not blood related. But, no, they never really go into that either. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah, they're probably related, you know, and, and the one guy is his brother. So, I, I don't know. It, just, it left me with a lot of questions. I just, you know, maybe the series would have explained it better, but I don't know. It's like I got a couple laughs out of it, but, man, like it was just a weird one, you know, a weird one to kind of get behind because I was like, I don't what audience is this for? Like, <laughs> if you had told me, hey, man, check out this movie, Bullets of Justice, about pig people and, like, a lot of incest, I'd be like, I don't, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> You know, well, lucky here on Talking Terror, you don't have a choice. No, and I, I, yeah, we're, we were fucked. But like I said, <laughs> I always appreciate picks on Talking Terror, whether they're good or bad. I don't care. Like, just expose me to something different. I mean, Dean, you have picked a lot of wild ones like uh, Bud Man and, and Dead Sushi and Bloodbeat and all these other – and I love Bloodbeat, by the way. Like, that's probably my favorite pick they've ever done. 
because I fucking mm. love that movie. I ended up buying it on Blu-ray <laughs> because I loved it so much. But, you know, it, it's one of those things. When you're on Talking Terror, your pick is your pick. And, you know, whether it's good or bad, you stand by it. So I appreciate that much. So uh, stand by my as we close out, so as we close out the episode tonight, uh, next week is the episode where the monkey and the dean are going to have to call off because it's Thanksgiving week. Uh, Ghoul, are you still interested in doing an episode with me? Let's fucking do it, baby. <laughs> All right. Style. So, school. So, so let him I have it. What are we doing next week, gonna, buddy? So as we close out, I will tell you about the movie that we're going to be talking about next week on the show because it's going to be a Thanksgiving episode. Give thanks back to all of our fans. Give thanks to you, Ghoul. Um, so we're going to be talking about a little movie called Cobra from 1986. Cobra! Directed by Joel Cosmano. Joe. That stars Stallone. <laughs> that stars a little guy named Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> because I figured if we're going to talk about Bullets of Justice tonight, let's talk about Cobra next week. Let's get into okay, a little perfect. bit of people carrying axes and killing people. I mean, crime is so He's the cure. That's exactly right. Here, I, I thought we were talking about that G.I. Joe fucking villain prequel movie that Cobra. came out with, fucking, uh, with Channing Tatum <laughs> and, and, and whatever Wayans brother was in it. Or, I don't know. Was he a Wayans? He might oh. not have been a Wayans. Well, was it Jamie Foxx? I don't think it was Jamie Foxx. So somebody was in it. No, it was Marlon Wayans. Yeah, it was Marlon Wayans. Oh, they had two of those. They had G.I. Joe and uh, yeah, then they had G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. So they had both of those. But so no, we're going to be talking about the Sylvester Stallone Cobra. Oh, okay. Because wow. yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. Marion Cobra. People with axes in it feel cool. So we're going to be talking about it. We're going to do another old school episode. I know we did one last week, but we're going to do another one. So this will be your Thanksgiving gift to uh, to all of you, the Goal and I, the old school crew talking about the special Stallone 86 classic Cobra. So we hope that you guys join us next week for that. And again, you know, not liking the movie very much, but again, thank you so much for the pick, Dean. And we'll see you back here in two weeks. Cheers. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Turkey Day, buddy. All right. Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror and letting me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Happy Thanksgiving to you too. All right. So go want to go ahead and sign yourself off. Benedict asshole. Benedict asshole. <laughs> Stay scared, everybody. Benedict I've, asshole. I've been fucking. I, honestly, I've been saying this all day. Didn't matter. I was at work today. <laughs> I looked over at the fucking guy sitting next to me at the desk, and I literally, I went, Benedict asshole. Uh, I'm, again, I was in a customer's house at one point. I looked at my helper and I was like, Benedict, asshole. And he looked at me and he was like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, let, let me explain to you about this movie that I watched last night. Um, yeah, Dean, thank you so fucking much, man, because you know what? Normally, you make picks like this and I'm like, man, what fucking terrible film is this one going to be, you know? And, and, for, and this time around, I was fucking, again, to, to, to use the fucking the cliché Especially with this fucking movie, I was happier than a pig in shit, man. So I will Benedict asshole my way right the fuck out of Talking Tower tonight. Stay scared, everybody.
Yeah, I just want to get a fucking T-shirt for you, man. That just says I'm Benedict Asshole, then I get one that says I'm Robert Asshole. <laughs> Walking around with this fucking shirt. Like, who the fuck is Robert Asshole? Who's fucking Benedict Asshole? You just had to be there, man. <laughs> you just had to be there for bullets of justice. So again, man, like it, it was a good episode. I didn't particularly like the movie, but those types of episodes are the ones that I love best, where I didn't like it, but we could all laugh about it. But we are doing an old school episode, like I said. So next week, it'll just be me and the ghoul, and we'll be talking about Cobra. So a little Stallone on the show, baby. Can't wait to talk about it next week. See what our thoughts are. But anyway, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Angie G. Thanking you so much for listening to this episode. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. And we'll see you back here next week. By the way, keep America strong. Watch horror movies. America is already great, but we need to keep watching horror movies. We'll see you back here next week. Benedict asshole. <laughs>